what's happening, what's not happening, and the shows we're catching up on. This is TV Plus Talk. Welcome to TV Plus Talk. I'm Chuck Joyner, and she is... I'm Charlotte Henry, and we're back for another month, Chuck. Charlotte, I, I love it. I look forward to these things uh, because it makes me, it forces me to pay even more attention than I already do to Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, it's fun. The, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, and the, the trouble is I feel like I'm falling behind because there are things that mm. I need to catch up on, things that I've, I have in my queue just waiting to play, and, and I'm looking forward to them. I just got to find the time. Uh, yeah, well, well, we'll come on to things that we might have missed because you and I both were discussing some shows we were catching up on that we'd sort of m- kept meaning to watch and then suddenly found we hadn't for far too long. So we'll get to that. Sounds good. But every show I've been on recently, I've had to start in one place, and that is Miami. I was and specific, for it. yeah, specifically Lionel Messi in the Inter Miami football team. Because he's there now, Chuck. And we, we discussed it in our sports special, what a big deal it was. So go back and watch that. We won't repeat the conversation. But it's finally happened. There was a big unveiling, uh, which didn't go all that well. It, it was a bit. It wasn't a huge technical success, as I understand it. Anyway, you can watch it back on Apple TV if you want to still watch Lionel Messi being unveiled in Miami. There's been a couple of games now. He's been brilliant. He's scored and assisted goals. So he's been, And it's all very exciting. And Apple is... Really, really cashing in on it, aren't they? They're making a great big fuss. Uh, there was one point, I don't know if you noticed this, Chuck, the Apple TV Twitter avatar, you know, logo thing, they made they made it pink, the lettering pink, to match the Inter Miami kit. <laughs> I, I did see that, and I watched a little bit of, uh, of Messi's debut. And did what, you? Yeah, I know, I know. But what wow, I found I'm, fascinating... Working with me is really having a profound effect on you. I, I know. I may have to take up, uh, well, soccer in this country, football in your country. Um, but the thing that I found fascinating is this felt so much like an episode of, of Ted Lasso when uh, was Zorba came on. Uh, like, well, he is, as I've explained to you, yeah, he was played on a... Picked on a superstar, not Lionel Messi. Who's played? He was picked and meant to depict uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who I think has played in the MLS as well. Well, it, it just it was fascinating. I mean, it's like really this guy is, in, and and I felt a little embarrassed that I don't have the have the background to appreciate what a big deal he is. And so, oh, I, he's the goat. He he is the true goat. Yeah, and now so I'm fine. I'm I'm now appreciating a bit more about just what an incredibly big deal this was to get him to come to Miami. Yeah, and as we discussed, Apple was rather a part of that deal because he, as we understand it, and I don't think anyone's really denied that there's reports going on that he gets a cut of the MLS season pass income, which is a rather you know nice little extra bonus to whatever his salary is. And. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say to you, for me, what's been so fascinating, because I don't particularly watch MLS, but what's been fascinating to me is how big Apple has gone on it and how in, over the last couple of weeks, you know, since we spoke and how, you know, they did this live event, they did this, they obviously broadcast all the games, but there's, you know, I'm getting pop-up notifications on my iPhone that 
Messi's debut is about to happen. That kind of thing. That to me is really extraordinary. And it makes me wonder if the NFL regrets their decision not to go with Apple because of the interesting, yeah, the multi-channel delivery system that they have available to them. Um, and and I don't know about you because I got a couple of those notifications too. So sure. I was not offended by them. But by that I mean I, w- I was not interrupted by them. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Now is that because I'm an Apple fan person, or is that because mm-hmm. you know it it was because it. Up to that point, it wasn't anything I really cared about. Sure. But I am, I am paying a little more attention now. So did, did the NFL miss out on this and to have other sports missed out on this? Yeah, it's an interesting question because obviously the NFL went with YouTube in the end, didn't they? They're working with Google and YouTube, uh, for the Sunday ticket rise. Um, I guess the thing though is the NFL doesn't need much more promotion, does it, in the US? Isn't, you know, people that want to watch Sunday, Sunday ticket are watching Sunday ticket. I, whereas football, soccer does need a little bit more of a push, particularly the men's side of the game really does need a bit more of a push, doesn't it? So maybe it needs, it's more appropriate for someone like Apple to really throw their marketing weight behind it. The NFL is its own kind of machine already, isn't it? That's a real good point. That's a real good point. But as I think we addressed in our sports special, and this is not a redo of the sports special. No, no, no. Um, but at the same time, you know, the the NFL is fragmenting its presences, mm. and th- so are, at some point, will would they? Could they? Will they need to benefit from more of a marketing push? We'll yeah. Well, well, I think the sort of secondary point to your one is that. I do think MLS can benefit, and I think Apple can benefit from there being one central hub. Do you know what I mean? They've got, you think MLS, you know it's Apple. You only need to look in one place. You don't need to look, oh, is this game on this Thursday night on YouTube or Amazon? Is this one on, you know, Fox Sports or whatever, or is it on Sunday Ticket? You just kind of know where to, if you're interested in watching Lionel Messi, you know where you have to go. And I think that is quite a benefit to everyone involved. Agreed. Agreed. The, the one question I, I did hear someone raise, mm. and, and, and maybe you have the information, I haven't seen it anywhere, is that the, the question over the Apple TV Plus revenue share, is that mm. coming out of Apple's cut or is it coming out of what uh, what Miami was being paid. Yeah, interesting. I don't I don't know the answer. I'm not even going to pretend to you. And I don't think we're ever really going to know 100% the answer because no one really wants to talk about it. All we know is that some way, if you buy season pass, some percentage of that is eventually ending up in Lionel Messi's bank account. Yeah, good point. Good point. I, I, don't, like, I, I truly don't know which way it's diverting, but we're pretty confident now that he is be- one of the things that compelled him to go there is this tie-up with Apple, um, which is interesting because, again, we really don't want to go down too much down this rabbit hole uh, for all sorts of reasons, but I'm sure you've seen the stories of all these players being lured by absolutely astronomical salaries to Saudi Arabia to play football in Saudi Arabia, um, including Cristiano Ronaldo, who was obviously Messi's great, great rival for all those years. And... You know, it would have been easy for Messi to take that money as well. The money would have been there. But there was obviously something about this partnership um, that kept him, you know, tempted him to Miami instead. And at some point you have to wonder how much money is enough 
that now all the other ancil- <laughs> all the other ancillary issues and benefits and all become the deciding factor. That you know, sure. I, I, I you know what's the difference? I mean, I'm going to make up the numbers, so this is not it. But you know, if I get 15 million or 20 million. What difference does that five and million? Some of these deals and the rest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now would I rather go to Miami or would I rather go to Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I mean, I believe he does have a partnership with Saudi Arabia as well. But yes, absolutely. There's all sorts of various issues, and probably living in Miami, working with Apple, is rather a nice way to end your career. Agreed. Well. We So, yeah, as I say, go back and watch our sports special if you're interested in all this stuff because there really is a lot going on with Apple TV, Apple TV Plus and sport, and it's worth exploring. But we've got a few things, haven't we? We've got – do you want to start with things that are happening or things that are not happening? What are you thinking? I'll, I'll let you start with things that are happening. Things that are happening. All right. The morning show is coming back, Chuck. September the 13th, uh, the new season, season three, will premiere. Now, remind me – were you into this show or were you not into this show? I I was into this show much to my own surprise. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, I I thought I wasn't drawn by the star power. Um, I was drawn, frankly, just by the idea because at about the time this was all coming out, the first season, there was a bit of drama on uh, NBC's Today Show here in the mm. U.S. And it felt like, okay, how much of this, how much of this is inspired by that? And and I ended up really, really enjoying the characters. And for the record, it did not feel like any of that was inspired by what was happening at the Today Show. Yeah, okay. So, I thought a little bit was meant to be yeah, the kind of Me Too side of it, but okay. Yeah, may, I obviously- may, uh, maybe a little, but I, I didn't feel like it was just a straight sure. copy, if you will. Well, it's based on originally, I mean, originally it was based on Brian Stelter's book, uh, Top of the Morning. So that's what it comes from as well. That was, and he, I believe, still works on the shows you know, consultant producer or executive producer or something. Um, but yeah, coming back on September the 13th with Jennifer Anderson and Reese Witherspoon. I tell you what, there is a hell of a cast. So you've got joining, obviously there was a great cast already. And we had Julian Margulies joined for season two. And now season three, you're getting Nicole Bahari, who was in American Violet and Sleepy Hollow. And none other than John Hamm from Mad Men is turning up for season three. Which is, you know, the ability, never doubt Apple's ability to draw in the star power. I, I think people, I, I think a lot of the, the stars want to be part of the Apple TV plus whatever it is. Uh, exp- not experience, but just the whole thing that, that Apple mm-hmm. has started here. They, they want to be, to, to steal a phrase from Tim Cook, they want to be part of some of the best stories ever told. Mm. Uh, and we did kind of know this from the beginning, didn't we? I remember that event way back in 2019, and you suddenly heard Oprah appearing and Jennifer Anderson and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell appearing. Even Big Bird turned up. You know, you don't get much bigger than that. And there was these huge, huge events, turning people turning up, and it hasn't subsided. You know, we've got the big Leo DiCaprio film. Uh, like this, this the draw to the stars of being associated with Apple because everyone was like, oh, it's great. You know, is anyone actually going to watch on Apple TV? Well, the answer seems to be yes, because they're they're still making shows and movies for them. Again, it's a tribute to Apple's success. And and my perception is that Apple, 
working with Apple has maybe not been what was anticipated, mm. it, that it's better. Yeah, ultimately, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, et cetera, et cetera, took quite a big risk, if you think about it. I mean, they had nice checks from Apple. You know, Apple had a big checkbook to throw at all these people, let's be honest. But even so, they did they did take a risk with working with this new, uh, you know, new streaming service that was, wasn't anywhere from a media company. It wasn't like they were working with, you know, I don't know, I was going to say Max or HBO. You know what I'm saying. It wasn't yeah. an offshoot from an established media company. It was a tech company who decided they were going to make TV and movies. It's a very different thing. And, you know, season three is now back. And I guess that kind of risk paid off. Now, I really did not like season two of The Morning Show. I thought it was horrible. I thought you could tell where they had written in COVID to – they, like I, as I understand it, COVID was not what they decided to do when they originally started writing season two. You can tell by the time, because as I remember, I think COVID, like it did with so many show, shoots, stopped uh, production of the morning show for a bit. And I think during that time, they wrote COVID into the storyline. And I thought it really clanged and jumped between the two things they were trying to do and really didn't work. Never mind that I really didn't want to watch TV about COVID at that point. <laughs> Um, anybody it i didn't feel like it was it was that bad and i felt like it would have been a a, a greater disservice just to ignore it just to pretend. because this is well this is supposed to be you know relatively concurrent with current times mm. and at that point covid and now too but even but then it was so sure. front and center in all of our lives i mean everyone's life there was no saying well covid didn't affect me so you know that and that's where i think yeah i it may not have been quite as smooth as it could have been but but i think about the uh, the covid based um mythic quest episode i don't know if you yeah. remember that I'm so glad you put that. Come finish your point. I, I want to come back to that. Yeah, I, I mean that that was so well done. But this this one, there's there's a story arc, and I felt like they had to stick, they had to get COVID in there somehow to to keep you fe making it feel realistic. You are a kind and generous man. Um, <laughs> the Mythic Quest COVID episode is basically, I think, the best I have ever seen COVID dealt with in a fictional fictional piece of work i thought that was so well done um brooklyn 99 did it as well right at the beginning of the final season where they deal with it for like half an episode or something so that you don't pretend it hasn't happened or isn't happening but then they move on and give like normal reasons for why that had happened this they wrote you know it starts season two this is not a spoiler for anyone that hasn't watched it season two started on New Year's Eve 2019. And everyone watching it knows what's about to happen. Uh, and I just thought it really clanged, particularly because it was very obvious that the other storyline, the Steve Carell storyline, had already been shot, at, you know, basically finished and done. And they tried to pit the two together. And to me, it didn't work. So I'm hoping season three is better. I hope they move forward and season three is better. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear you hear you say that because I felt like it it I could identify with it that you know maybe that was the problem maybe that's why I didn't like it. Yeah, well, you know, and that's that's a fair point. I mean, to me it was like yeah, 20 
January 2019, I was going to CES and had no idea, you know, what was coming down. January 2020. Or, yeah, sorry, January 2020. So New Year's Eve, yeah. So it it just, yeah, it it felt like, okay. And and the way they integrated it in, whether it was ham-fisted or not, felt like, yeah, that's sort of the way we all felt, that we – we didn't expect to be out of the office for more than a week or two. We mm. didn't expect to be in lockdown for more than a week or two. We didn't expect to have to be carrying things around when we documents from our employer saying we are allowed to travel yeah. um, here in the, at least in my area, you know, that was, that was required. So it, it, nobody knew what a big deal it was going to become. And it just kept rolling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Sure. Yeah. I just, for me, it was almost a, you know, a editorial, you know, critical point that I just didn't think it was. If you wanted to do it, they also could have done it better. Um, and and you you definitely probably saw it from as you just finished saying a critical, a more critical yeah. point of view. Anyway, hopefully season three will be better and be really good. And we can, they'll be back on all the kind of crazy internal workings of newsrooms and the bitchiness of daytime breakfast TV and all of that stuff, which will be really fun because the stars and the cast of the show are brilliant. Oh, they, well, that's it. They've, they've, it, I mean, it almost feels like, it, and I, I don't want to jinx it. It would be, it would be hard for them to fail if they can get back to a, mm. a more controlled storyline because you've got such great stars and you've great, got great characters being played by those stars. Mm. I, I agree with you. I like the characters. And I think that's why I also was disappointed with season two because I thought we lost some of that in the pursuit of talking about COVID. But anyway, oh. September the 13th is season three. The trailer is out. We'll obviously link to that in various ways in the show notes. So, yeah, that's what's happening season three. Um, things that are not happening, Chuck. A show we like, Silo. You, we both, we spoke about that on a different episode, didn't we? Um, I confess I haven't gone back in after episode one, but I did like episode one when I thought I really wasn't going to like it. Um, so, but unfortunately the Hollywood writer's strike and the actor strike has stopped production of season two. Uh, Probably not surprisingly, although the shoot was taking place in the UK, but obviously just because it's overseas, you know, people are members of unions or whatever, I imagine it just becomes impossible. It's become impossible for lots of productions. So Apple TV Plus is now being hit by that. And what's it is, you know, that is on indefinite hiatus. And as I deadline reported, also production on Foundation season three looks like it's been affected as well. So bit disappointing because you were a fan of both those shows weren't you i am i am i i've and i'm well we'll talk about foundation eventually but um (laughs) this is such a weird environment that we're in right now with with the writer strike and then the actors going out in support of the writers that nothing seems to be well they're both it's not quite it's not just a solidarity they have their own issues and want to negotiate their own terms as well true true um but yeah i i I mean, I, I would like to think that because both of these shows had great viewerships and, and great momentum, that that won't be reduced, uh, when they, when they come back. And especially from the, the, the corporate standpoint of, do we really want to continue with these shows? Uh, I, I'd like to think maybe hopefully somebody is sitting somewhere, you know, dreaming up 
really great storylines since they have a little bit of a break that then they can bring back. And that very much, I may have just said something very forbidden. You know, <laughs> yeah, what have you to, done? Yeah, so. You jinxed it. The, the, the one other thing I, I, I did want to bring up, and this is not exactly TV plus talk, but um, there have been, I, I've, I've come to understand that now there are questions over watch-along podcasts. And things ah. being, you know, going on hiatus or working around some of this because. Oh, interesting. It, I haven't spotted this. This is interesting. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a strange place to be because you are not, I, I guess. Yeah. It, it's so just wait, are we do, are we breaking, are we breaking a picket? Are we crossing a picket line here? It, it, exactly. And, you know, so whether you think it's a good idea to cross that picket line or not, um, or does, should the picket line even exist for those? Because if you think about it with COVID, we didn't have this situation. The last big writer strike, we didn't have the online options and all the other things that seem to surround very popular shows. So yeah, that's this? really interesting. I've noticed. Um, some podcasts that I listen to seem to have kept going, although I'll check in. I know there's been a lot of talk about creators and the sort of creator economy and where that all fits into these current situations, which is also a very interesting discussion. But to me, what's really interesting is this, you know, seeing shows like you, that you like being ca- not cancelled but delayed at the moment, us as consumers, whether it's on Apple TV Plus or any other platform, have not really seen the effects of the writers and actors strike. I know the one thing that hit in the UK, uh, sorry, in the US very quickly was the late night shows couldn't function very quickly because obviously they're writing it every day. And once the writers on strike, there was no, they couldn't make the show. Um, but, you know, generally, certainly in the UK, you know, stuff that's already been made was still going out. The problem will be delayed stuff. And now we're starting to see that. And Apple is absolutely not immune from it. No, no. And and you wonder how long it, it can and will go, go on. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of issues. The ones that I think are most interesting to us as technology people are the ones over some of the digital rights. And, and AI. The, and the AI issues and the cloning of the – the, the digital representations of actors, the digital representations of their voices. Um, mm. it, it, it feels a little bit like we're going back to the NFL discussion uh, <laughs> where, you know, App, Apple and the NFL apparently had a disagreement over different channels and different maybe abilities mm. to, yeah, to, uh, to broadcast those events for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, this is all complicated stuff. That's why lawyers in the media industry make very nice salaries fixing, unpacking it all. But no, it is, it is complicated. It is difficult. Um, but yeah, now, so these are two shows, big shows on Apple. You know, both were very big hits, weren't they? Foundation, Silo. And you don't know how much momentum they'll lose, but those shows are not coming back for a good while now if they're on indefinite hiatus. Yeah, because it takes a while to start those productions back up. <clears throat> you don't just say the production, the, the strike is over tomorrow, so we'll start everyone know, back. Th- yeah, Thursday. Um, no. You know, so yeah, it's, so, it'd be, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it affects not just Apple TV, but Apple TV Plus, but the networks as well, the streaming services as well, because now they're delivering original content. So mm. it's, it's a very much a new world that we're living in. Yeah, and it's. It's interesting because when we've heard a lot of the coverage of these 
um, strikes. A lot of it has focused on the big studios, right? You hear about people outside the Paramount lot and, you know, also Netflix. Netflix is the stream that seems to be most in the sort of front and centre of the the complaints or the protests, at least, the, the, and the pickets. But suddenly, Apple, who, prob- who, as we know, not a very political company or certainly not in public political company, what happens behind the scenes is a very different thing. But this is a company that tries to avoid public politics and now is engaged, whether they like it or not, in a very public, high-profile labour dispute. Are they engaged or are they just affected by? True, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But it's affecting them. At some point, they're going to have to deal with it themselves. Yes, I, I appreciate they use you know different production companies and things like that. You're absolutely right. But they're drawn into it one way or the other, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the same thing is true for those podcasts and for the content creators. And, mm. you know, some seems to have, from what I've read, I, it not, it's only affected one thing that I pay attention to, but some of the, the, uh, the key YouTubers have apparently gone out or reduced their output in solidarity. So, oh, interesting. you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a crazy world because all the lines have suddenly become blurred in a big way. Yeah. I think that's what we're really seeing. You know, a tech company being uh, affected by a Hollywood strike <laughs> is kind of rather underlined your point, doesn't it? Yeah. Fascinating. Well, we've got a lot. Oh, there's a lot going on, but I guess we still have plenty to watch if there's new no productions because you and I have been uh, rather digging in to stuff we might have missed. Because even you and I can't watch everything all the time. <laughs> I, not just that, Charlotte, but I mean, there's so much, there has been pre-writer strike and there will be again, so much great content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you, you sort of pick and choose the ones that apply to you. And so I know I'm behind on things. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I've, I find it sometimes easier to not start something if I'm going to have trouble keeping up and then I'll catch up. And, and, yeah. you know, I, so I, I maybe try to focus on just one or two things at a time to make sure I'm getting the full effect of the, the series or the show or whatever. So, yeah. Well, you're much more disciplined than me because I've finally gone back years later and started Slow Horses, which is the crime drama, spy drama, whatever you want to call it on TV plus. I am, I think I'm four episodes in now. I am absolutely loving it. It is so, it stars Gary Oldman. Uh, it's based in MI5. It's just really, really good. Some nice shots all around London, which obviously appeal, but the storyline is great. The acting is great. It's quite funny. It's, it's really, really well done. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm pleased I've like gone back to it. So are you, is this season two for you or are you? Season one. Season one. Oh, okay. I'm really starting from the beginning. Well, I, no, no spoilers. Season two is equally good in my opinion. So you've got a long way to go to, to catch up. It's so good though, isn't it? Like it is one of the real gems on TV plus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as a US viewer, you know, sometimes I had to look up occasionally certain <laughs> phrases or sayings, you know, that mm. are, are not in use over here, but are in use over there. But that just adds to the charm of it, as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, there is. I mean, it's quite grimy and horrible, but there is some charm to it as well. Grimy is not a word I would have picked, but I agree. I know exactly or, what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Their office. Or, yeah. um, but you don't let my disgusted face put you off. It's really, really good. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Strong, strong agreement, strong recommendation here, too. Yeah, it's really good. Got it. What else have you been dipping back into? Well, I've, it's, it's on my list to start. Um, <gasps> hijacked. Um, ah, this, yes. And this apparently, though, it, I, I had someone recommend this to me. I looked at it. Uh, Idris Elba is such a great actor. And so I think this, as we record this, is the, the arc is not finished yet, but I haven't even started it. But it's, it's one that, yeah, okay, this is my next thing to try to catch up on because it, it is getting great reviews. And, and forget that I, I don't care about the critics. I'm hearing this from my friends that yeah. like things that I like. And so I know it's going to be something I'll enjoy. Yeah, it's been a bit of a hit. I mean, it's got Idris Elba in it, so it would be pretty hard to mess it up. But it has gone down really well, hasn't it, Hijack? Like you, I haven't started it yet. Um, maybe when I finish season one of Slow Horses, I'll jump into season one of Hijack. But it looks great. It's, all I can keep saying is it's got Idris Elba in it. What more do you want? <laughs> What else are you uh, playing catch up on or, or planning to play catch up on, Charlotte? It's really, I'm dedicated to slow horses, but okay, this is a confession. I'm a bit embarrassed. I might get you to cut this. I finally, finally, finally finished Head Lasso season three. Oh, no, nothing wrong with that. It took me a long time to get there. As you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of how the season started, I thought it was really clunky and cringy. I take back everything I said. It got actually I take back everything I said apart from one thing which we'll come to. Okay. But generally it got really really clever. It got really really good. It had so many of the elements that you really originally liked in one originally liked in Ted Lasso and it finishes pretty well. You could have sort of guessed the ending but it finishes pretty well. Um I think it's been long enough. Can we do spoilers? You tell me. I've, 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 well, I think you're hesitant to just because there were people that, like you, were a little, they felt that season three was slow out of the gate. So I would hate to mess it up for anyone. Okay. I think, okay. I'll try and find a diplomatic (laughs) way of saying this. I think the final, the end of season three, the way the football season end, I think is based on a real event which I thought was quite clever. Um, I'll explain it to you off air then. Um, I liked, I thought they wrapped it up really nicely in general. Do you, you know, every all the parts sort of came together in the end. They didn't leave any tempters for more to come or whatever. I thought they wrapped it up nicely and did well with that. I thought there were, well, there was a few little football inaccuracies, but mostly they get it okay. Some of it's a bit silly, but it always has been. Um, the cameos are amazing to have like the cameos particularly I won't spoil them but in like the last episode in particular those cameos are absolutely incredible I don't know how they and it shows actually how big the show has got that they could persuade those people to be in it even just for a little bit um I thought that was all really good but yeah the one thing I won't retract on is that the episodes were too long like, mm. this show does not need to be pushing hour plus episodes. 
it worked best when it was a 30 minute comedy. And I would have rather they had extra episodes in the season than pushed out hour long episodes. Like, not, it, they don't need to be almost feature length episodes. And I think I would have got through it a lot quicker if I'd have been blazing through 30 minute episodes. So that that's interesting to me because I felt like, all right. So the amount of time that was I, I, that was used by the series, I felt is I felt like what, what was needed to tell the story. Now, whether you could have told yes, I agree with chunks, that. You know, to, to your point, thirty minute chunks or hour chunks, whatever, whichever way it needed that time to develop the characters, the story, and to bring it to the conclusion that it was. So. Yeah, there weren't. There was maybe a couple of episodes they could have got rid of, or a couple of storylines they could have got rid of. But mostly, I agree with you on that. I just think it was, and this maybe says something about my concentration levels more than anything else. I thought it would have been more consumable and more palatable and more in keeping with the show had they done um, done it in thirty minute chunks. And maybe, yeah, okay, for the last episode, you go for it and have an hour-long season finale. Fine, whatever. But as a general rule, I thought it pushed its luck too much with how long the episodes were. And I thought for some of it, it did also take itself too seriously. But when it was good, it was very good. And that's – I know you and I expressed this opinion a while back that I think we have a divergence of feelings on that because I felt like the show grew up a little bit. Because yeah, but I'm not very mature, Chuck. I don't want anything going on. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> but I and I think I know what you're referring to at the very end. And again, we'll talk about that off air just a <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I felt I did not see that coming because maybe I don't completely understand oh, the okay. game. So I felt like that was great. Your, but your your point too about wrapping up all the storylines, not leaving anything hanging, is absolutely true. But I felt like there could be the story could continue just in, create a new story from the characters and from their lives. So yeah, you you weren't left with any threads that were real cliffhangers or direct pointers. They they tied it up, but you could easily pick it up again if you wanted to. Oh, I 100% agree with you. They Bill Lawrence told me this in an interview ages ago that it was a three-season arc and it absolutely was for, properly wrapped up, start to finish. No tempters. Are we going to do a season four? Like one, two, three, bang, it all fits together. But also the IP, the characters still have potential. You could do a Roy Kent story. You could do a feature length, you know, an F, what happens to Ted next, all those kind of things. I'm picking my words so carefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, know, I know because that's it. There's so many things that you could say. Well, they could do this. They could do that, and and I and I would enjoy. I think I would enjoy that. Yeah, and I think, I think to be fair, despite my criticisms, credit to the writers that they left it in such a way that it's both compact and finished in and of itself. But there's still a lot you can do with the characters and the stories. Agreed. 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 Wow. So we agree on something. Oh, we agree on plenty. <laughs> we, you know, we do agree on plenty of things. But, yeah, well done. And I respect the Ted Lasso team as well because it would have been easy for them 
given the success of the show, this is the last thing I want to say on it, but given the success of the show, they could have dragged it out for four, five, six, seven seasons. They easily could have done that because people would have kept watching it. Apple would have kept paying for it. But I respect them for going, no, this story is for three seasons and we're keeping to our word on that. And I really do respect that because I think too many shows overdo it and they haven't. And actually, as a broader point, I think Apple is pretty good at keeping things compact. So far, it seems to have done pretty well on that front. No, I I would agree with you completely on that. Mm. Um, we've seen I've seen too many shows that were were favorites of mine, and they just yeah the the, the storyline started to become contrived. That you could tell or you've watched just, it before. Yeah, you, you watched it before because they were good. Then you then you sort of slipped into watching it out of almost an obligation. But you yeah, but also like the storylines have become repetitive. Yes. And so I do, I have a lot of respect for everyone involved in that show for calling it a day when they said they would. Yeah. Show it, have you, since we have the, we touched on the writer strike, mm. are there any, any shows that you would consider rewatching at this point on Apple TV Ooh. Plus? <sighs> to be honest, there's so much to get through that I don't know I would have the time. But I guess the one I would go back to is Mythic Quest. I think I probably, again, snappy 30 minute episodes. I think it's probably the type of show where you get other stuff from it. If you go back, I think I could probably do the seasons, a couple of seasons of Mythic Quest again. How about you? Um, I, I would agree. That would be at the top of my list, um, just because it's it's light, it's comedic. Uh, you know, it's it's just a it's it's almost like a palate cleanser, you know, yeah. for for some of the heavier stuff. Um, I still, I one one show that I just feel like never got its due, especially. As it developed with C, I oh yeah, no, couldn't do that. Yeah, see, I and I know the it felt like it was slow out of the gate, but it picked up speed. And by the by the the last season, I, I absolutely loved the way that the series wrapped up. So sure. you know, if you but can, sorry, that is a great example of Apple letting a show do its thing and not overdoing it. Yes, agreed, mm. agreed. So, okay, you. So you're going back to watch that, are you? I well, I'm like you. If I that would be at the high on my list of rewatches, <laughs> and once I get through all the stuff that I want to watch first, and Fair that's enough. probably going to take until well, never mind how long it's going to take. It's going to take a long time because I just don't seem to have the time to invest in in uh, in no, this kind of entertainment. Lot, but there's a lot to watch, isn't there? There's a lot to watch, a lot to read, a lot to listen to. Yeah, so it's we, we exist in a world of riches at the moment. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we're adding to people's riches. I would like to think so. And so we'd love to hear from you folks if you think we are or think we're not. How could we be if we're not for you? And let us know what you're watching, re-watching. Leave that in the comments. We'd, like, we'd love to hear all that stuff. Other shows we've missed that we should watch and talk about, all that stuff we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can keep up with me at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter, on threads, on everywhere on social media. Um, and obviously head over to theedition.net um, and you can see blogs there and you can sign up to the newsletter as well. Actually, I'm going to be really immodest. It's an award-winning newsletter now, Chuck. I was going to bring that up, Charlotte, but I'm glad Listen, you Listen, I'm 
I'm not modest in any way. I'm rather proud of myself. So I won for my newsletter, the edition, the best solo newsletter at the Publisher Newsletter Awards. And I'm told that means you absolutely have to subscribe. So that's just the rules. Newsletter.theedition.net. <laughs> so by winning the award, you automatically get more subscribers? Is well, I think that's the rules that everyone now has to subscribe. I just think that's how it goes. Okay. Well, I, I, I agree. <laughs> Congratulations. And the, Thank and the you. fact And the fact that it is, it is for you as a solo newsletter says a lot, that it's not a team that you put together or paid for. It's you that did it. So yeah, I was... I'm, I'm so happy Thank for you. You, you, Thank you deserve you. it. You absolutely That's very it. kind of you. Thank you. And, 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 and yes, go subscribe. <laughs> That's all. I'm, I'm with, with you on the rules. Go subscribe. Thank you. Uh, you can catch up with me on social media as at Chuck Joyner, sort of like Charlotte on all the major and some of the minor social media presences. <laughs> um, and you can see everything else that I do at MacVoices.com. Awesome. Well, we've got a lot of TV to watch. We'll see everyone next month. Thanks for watching. Us, not Apple TV+. (laughs) (laughs) Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.